Before we begin, I want to thank the sponsor of Oil & Gas Upstream, Oliva Gibbs. Oliva Gibbs provides clear legal solutions to complex oil, gas, and mineral law issues nationwide. We believe that when we focus on serving people, good things happen in the lives of our clients and employees. We just happen to be a law firm. Learn more at oglawyers.com. Oil and Gas Production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering. Smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call Upstream, and each day brings a new challenge. This is the Oil and Gas Upstream Podcast, where we look at how these systems come together and learn from the people who make it happen. Welcome to Oil and Gas Upstream. I'm Elena Milkett, your host. Some of you know me as the former director for oil and gas upstream research at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE, founded a small consultancy, Energia, and became a podcast for OGGN's Oil and Gas Upstream podcast. Before we begin, I want to invite you to go to OGGN's website and take a look at the new merchandise that's available now. Maybe even pick up the Oil & Gas Upstream t-shirt that reminds us that only the bit finds oil. A link is in the show notes. And now I'd like to introduce today's guest, Kyle O'Keefe of Baker Hughes. He's the global product champion for liner hanger systems. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Elena. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so excited. We're recording live here at the Baker Hughes booth in the special little room, and this is really exciting because we're right in the middle of the exhibit hall. So it's really um, there's a lot of great energy. It's been this is day two of the conference for the SPE Annual Technology Conference and Exhibition, uh, the 99th, and so uh, next year uh, we'll be celebrating uh, 100. So very exciting time for everyone. Uh, let me read your bio, Kyle. You, you have a pretty good little background here <laughs> to be the global product champion for liner hanger systems for Baker Hughes. So you studied mechanical engineering at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, you've been working at a- Baker Hughes for over 11 years. You started as a field engineer in the Gulf of Mexico installing deep water offshore, offshore liner hanger systems. Um, in subsequent roles, you were project management and sales, both for deep water liner hangers in the Gulf of Mexico. Now in the product line for liner hanger systems and wellbore construction, you're working to develop the next generation of liner equipment. And hobbies. Oh, you put hobbies for us. Great. <laughs> you travel. I'm going to ask you what your favorite places are. Sounds good. Cooking. Oh, my gosh. I think he's a catch. And cycling, that's bicycling. That's it, with bicycles, yeah. Okay, and snowboarding. Excellent, excellent. Well, Kyle, welcome to our show. Happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here also. So tell us a little bit about what it means to be a global product champion for liner hanger systems. And since your work has been offshore, we're talking about offshore applications? or We are talking about offshore applications today, yeah. So as the global product champion, it means I'm, I'm part of the, the product line group. What that means is uh, me and some of the guys on my team, uh, we work with engineering to come up with the new innovative products that see as the solutions to problems in the market or the next thing on the market, um, you know, working to try to get ahead of that um, and then try to you know, come up with what is next. Uh, Work to to develop what is new technology, um, and then and then work from that point on to implement it, get it run, 
uh, and then support it from that point on too. So hand it off to you know technical support to make sure that they can create you know any kind of support they need um, for managing what is now a, a pretty significant portfolio of, of products. We've we've been around for you know 50 plus years uh, in in this industry. Uh, we work in you know over 100 countries. Uh, we've run thousands, hundreds of thousands of these systems over the years. So uh, it's, it's a big ship to, to help steer, uh, but it's, it's, it's been a fun, fun process so far. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have a lot of mechanical engineers in the um, oil and gas sector, um, not petroleum, but how did you get into the oil part of, I mean, what is it that you do with respect to um, translating, you know, what you do and how it affects production? And keep it simple because some of our um, listeners are not petroleum engineers or subject matter experts are just interested in a little bit of oil and gas exposure and Gulf of Mexico is a pretty famous place. So <laughs> yeah. Share with us that. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, like you mentioned, I went to school at the University of Oklahoma, studied mechanical engineering, boomer sooner. And <laughs> and, uh, and and from there, I, I kind of, I actually didn't There's intend. There's a lot of you actually, yeah, boomer yeah. sooners. <laughs> well, actually, we luckily have the OU booth right around the corner from us, which is oh a, it's a fun, fun thing to have, have right there. Excellent. Uh, but um, yeah, when I was in school, I actually didn't particularly intend on getting into oil and gas. It kind of, I kind of fell into it a little Even bit. Even though it was Oklahoma. Even though it was Oklahoma, okay. yeah, big, big deal there. Yeah, Just, yeah. yeah. Just it's a. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, so I, uh, I kind of didn't intend to get into it, um, but it kind of, it kind of fell on in my lap a little bit. Uh, did went to a recruiting event, and and uh, Baker Hughes is actually there, and uh, kind of bonded well with one of the recruiters and um, ended up kind of getting flown out for a for a recruiting event and, and coming out um, and then kind of deciding that, hey, this actually sounds really interesting. So I uh, took a job in southern Louisiana. So I lived in Houma, Louisiana for oh. a little while, um, oh. and which is quite, quite a change for me. Yes, uh, yeah. I would think so. Yeah, that's a, a big Oklahoma, move. But, but 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 since joining it, it's it's honestly been uh, a, a, an amazing ride. Uh, oil and gas is sort of this fascinating amalgam of incredibly smart, talented people in all of these crazy aspects with unbelievably niche knowledge going in, 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 in uh, going on and on about uh, how to do what on the surface seems like a simple concept uh, as efficient, efficiently and uh, well as possible, um, you know. Over the years, I've I've met people that I don't know, I mean, you, know, you just have PhDs and geophysicists and mechanical engineers and chemical engineers and material scientists and I mean it's 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 amazing the amount of talent and and uh, and kind of engineering and, and science that that goes all into it. So um, so since then it's 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 been 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 really good. And so to get back to your original question around mechanical engineering, right, uh, right. so. Interesting is is for somebody like myself working in a service company. Actually, mechanical engineering is a major part of it because oil and gas tools are very classical mechanical engineering. We look at what we're we're analyzing. It's classical tensile capacity, classic torsion, classic bending. It's it's a it's sort of a a perfect um, example of the application of mechanical engineering. Uh, and I think some people don't don't always recognize that. Uh, one of the things that I do really enjoy is the the scale of things in oil and gas is a, yes. is un unparalleled. It's it's so fascinating. I you know early on when I was in uh, in the field, there'd be points where I was on a you know I'm on a drill ship. I'm 250 miles into the middle of the ocean. I'm sitting over 6,000 feet of water, and I'm standing on a, a, a rig floor that has this 
massive hole in the middle of it that's going <laughs> <Right>. down. <laughs> And, and, and then I'm, I'm standing there and I'm, I'm you know, helping you know, observe uh, running of casing. So running a, a huge string of pipe into the ground. And at one point I'm thinking, wow, we are suspending five miles of pipe just hanging vertically in the middle of the ocean, going into, the, that's just the scale of that is, is crazy. And then the, the numbers around weights. So I remember uh, being part of a, a subsea tieback and, the string weight was like 1.8 million pounds. And just thinking about that was, I, this, this kind of thing doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It, it does it's... not exist anywhere. <laughs> and the hole is the moon pool. Yeah, yeah, And exactly. so many times people equate the um, technological sophistication that you need to produce oil and gas, especially offshore, to um, challenges of going to the moon or, or, I mean, we can't really see what we're doing. We can see it at the surface. We can't really see what we're doing. Yep. But the, the pressures, the stresses, I mean, these are uh, comparable. So yeah. Yeah, very we, exciting. We throw around phrases like 10,000 PSI, like it's nothing. Like but, it's nothing. But in the real world, that's, that's an, un, that's, it's like if you, if you had a small pipe that exploded with 10,000 PSI, you would shoot an Escalade like 10 feet in the air. So right. it's a, just the, the numbers are, they're, they're right. baffling. They're baffling. And for people who aren't uh, mechanical engineers, you know, our atmosphere is 14.7, unless you're at the mountains, is 15 PSI. So um, these pressures are really, really high, yeah. and that's, that's really exciting. Well, so you, you've made so many good points. The notion that um, almost every major that you could study in school has some application in some aspect of uh, the oil and gas industry, um, you know, human services, human factors, um, as well as the science and engineering, the technology, um, the logistics. I mean, anything that you would study in school almost, you you know, would have an application in oil and gas. And it's so exciting to hear you say about that because um, that's what's exciting about the industry, the puzzle that we have to put together. And you can't, I mean, one person doesn't know everything. When we yeah. talk about upstream and, you know, I've been in the oil business for 40 years, but, you know, gosh, there's a lot to learn and technology is constantly advancing. So I guess the bottom line is you have to be able to work with other people, other yep. smart people, in order to bring together all of the pieces of the puzzle that it takes to produce oil and gas. Sometimes when I think about it, I go, it's amazing that we can get anything out of the ground and get it to market and that, you know, we've become so um it's become such a, an important part of our lives in in so many areas so yeah we have there's a there's so many ways for us to figure out how to drill a hole in the ground <laughs> there's that's exactly right that's exactly right and of course offshore we also have we're not only just drilling the hole but we also are dealing with all the water on top of it yeah so exactly exactly that's, a, that's pretty exciting well, well this is so much fun talking with you so tell us about liner hanger systems and and what exactly that means and what you do yeah yeah so that's uh that's kind of a hard one for people to grasp just based on the name. So, so liner hanger systems is uh, a, a type of oil and gas tool that is used to help convey casing into a well. So I guess to, to take a, a bigger step back here, uh, you know, talking about just general well construction. That please um, do. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you're drilling a well, um, you need steel pipe to help hold back that you've drilled. So the idea is rock. you drill the rock and then you get to a certain place that you need to now hold back the rock and hold it in place. And so what we do kind is... Kind of like when you're at the beach and you drill a hole. I mean, you drill, you dig a little hole exactly. by the shore and it starts caving in Precisely. and that yep. whole thing. Yep. So to, to, to prevent that from happening, we put pipe in into the hole. 
Um, and then what we do after that is, you know, after you've installed pipe in the hole, now the next biggest hole you can drill is the size of the inside of that pipe. And so you sort of drill subsequently smaller and smaller. Kind of telescoping, telescoping down. Telescoping down. So you get to your target zone. Yeah, I always think of it as like the, uh, the little kid lightsabers, you know, when it, as the toys when you were a kid and you could flip it out and you would... Oh, yah, yah, yeah, that's would, uh, right. And so that, that's sort of like what the design of a well looks like upside down, that's right? That's exactly right. <laughs> and so, and so when, when you go to install that, that pipe, uh, what we call a casing, uh, you, you have kind of two options there. You can choose to either install the pipe from the entire open hole, just drilled section, all the way back to surface, or you can choose to only put enough pipe to cover to the previous pipe that you had installed, so creating that, that telescope effect. And so whenever you install casing that doesn't come all the way back to surface, we have a different name for whatever reason. We call it liner instead of casing. Um, and when you do that, we have a tool that goes on the top of that liner that basically creates that interface to create a seal uh, and then create a way to actually hang off that casing from the previous. And the reason we don't go all the way back to the top uh, and create this liner situation, why do we do that? Yeah, so there's a, a couple different reasons. Um, primarily, it's because you don't have to spend the money to have all the casing all the way back to but you get other ancillary benefits as well. So um, because you are not running that pipe all the way back to surface, uh, we actually deploy it using drill pipe. So uh, that drill pipe is pre-made up on the drill floor. And so when we go to run in with the equipment, we can run it in much faster uh, because we're using pre-made up stands of drill pipe instead of using individual joints of case. Um, and then combining that with, since we're using drill pipe, now we can, you know, pipe we're running in, so we can turn it to help get through a challenging section. Because uh, I think that's interesting thing about liners as a as a an entity uh, is that it's it's sort of this beautiful blend between the drilling going through the open hole, so you have the challenges associated with having to deal with the actual formation equipment you're running in, touching the formation and, and all the challenges that come with that. And it's interesting because it's like the completion. Which the challenges are getting stuck, the, the oh, challenges yeah. are yeah, uh, yeah. having it be too too big a gap. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about with that uh, metaphor about being on the beach and having the sand collapse on you. Is uh, You're trying to actively fight the sand collapsing on you while you're... And so you're trying to get it all the way down and try to get it all the way in so you're, you're getting it as, as, as deep as you possibly can um, to get that in, in place. And then the, uh, the other challenge there is, you know, once you have that in place, traditionally what we do is we'll, we'll cement it. So we, we, we use cement as a, as a primary seal to sort of bridge off the formation and make sure that, that that formation that potentially would have given us trouble is completely sealed off. We pump a bunch of cement. Um, so what that means is we kind of connect the rock to the cement and then the casing to the cement and that cement becomes that seal. So exactly. there's no gaps and we have complete control over the well through the casing, through the any kind of uh, pipe that we have in the hole. Yeah, and I, I, I think sometimes people have trouble understanding what pumping cement in, around the pipe looks like. I always have this, this metaphor, which is, uh, it's sort of like when you are a kid and you're blowing bubbles into milk. Right. That's, that's, that's the way that we put cement around the pipe. So it goes down the pipe and then out the end of it, just like the bubbles do, and then we it comes back around the pipe on the outside of it. So that's some of the complication is dealing with the open hole and then having to, to pump what is you know, 
very permanent liquid rock in cement. Right. So dealing with all of that, it's it's a it's kind of a, a tricky operation altogether. Um, and, and unlike air, um, there's some some viscosity, some texture to the cement. So when you when you actually pump more cement down the tubing, the casing rather, uh, and then it comes up, it sort of squeezes up the side, it's filling in. And so there's some pressures there as you're trying to complete. Oh, you gave such a great um, story about uh, wellbore construction. Now, tell us what's so great about liners that, that you have, a, you're, that you're the global product champion for liners. Talk to <laughs> us about liners. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we have been in liner hangers since the beginning of, of liner hangers as a concept. Um, and so when we think through the... So that's like 30 years or 50 years it's, or yeah, a big number? Uh, it's like 60, 60 plus years. Yeah. Oh gosh, well I, I yeah. haven't been in it that long. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a while, yeah, because our, our liner hanger division was originally uh, brown oil tools back in the day. So that's that's it's, it's been along for the ride for quite a long time. And so but back in the day we had mechanical liner hanger systems. So, so as you convey that pipe in, the way we get things set is you, you turn turn on the system or use some sort of mechanical manipulation of the pipe to get it to set. So that's the, the old school, which we still use today in, in many, many applications. Sometimes uh, there's a benefit there because having something that's cheap uh, but, but effective, you know, it, it worked back then, it still works today. You know, we, we still use it. Uh, so that's, we use that for years and years and years and years. Um, and then we, we move from there to hydraulic systems. So we have, uh, you know, there's limitations created by the fact that you have to manipulate the pipe to, to function. Because sometimes we want to manipulate the pipe for our own other reasons. So we want to rotate the, the pipe while we're running in to help break some friction, to help get it down. Or maybe we need to, you know, help deal with some, some troublesome formation while we're, we're, we're pushing through. So we want to, you know, ream it down as to, to say, um, and so what we've done is we, we then took away the, the mechanical actuation and shifted to a hydraulic actuation. So now what we have is we have a, a piston in the system and then we'll use the wellbore fluid to convey pressure to the system and everything would set with pressure. So that, that was a big advancement as well because now, now we're able to, able to ream the system down or rough with it as, as we, we, we go in. Uh, and that was a you know a big advancement when, when it came to being able to, to to push the industry forward and do more and more with these systems. And then you know, there's a whole complexity around how how important and or how complicated and robust you want to make that hydraulic system. Uh, and that's where we've you know been a, a market leader for a long time is is <laughs> getting into very very minor details on how to advance things to to get it to get that reliability up to you know 99.999 uh, you know it's 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 a it's a tough world to, to live in there. so where's the technology now like what's what are you doing the bigger hues to you know <laughs> yeah, impress so, everybody and yeah 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 so make everything easier to do and more reliable we are here at ATCE and, and one of the things we are uh, promoting is a, a new liner hanger system that, that we have actually developed. This is the culmination of over a decade of, of dreams that some of our guys have, have had. Uh, this, this concept of how do we get a liner hanger system that sets with the press of a button. That's, oh, that's our, that wow. was our goal. 
That's a great goal. Ten years. <laughs> yeah. So that was always the the, the, the dream, and uh, we finally done it. So oh. it's it's a it's a mix of a whole bunch of technology, uh, but it's something that that we're really proud of. So it's it's the our our tool is called the Sonus Acoustic Set Liner Hanger System. Sonus meaning uh, sound in Latin. So it's uh, it uses an acoustic acoustic signal to actually do all the functioning. So now we're sort of moving to that next stage past hydraulics into what we think is the, the, the future of, of what this technology so looks like. So help us non-mechanical engineers understand about how sound can actually move something. Yeah, yeah, so there's a couple of supporting technologies here that are probably important to touch on. So the entire thing is enabled by this thing called Exact, which is a acoustic telemetry network. So. A, a mouthful, but but what that means is it's a uh, a set of these tools that we put in the hole that have sensors on them, uh, sensors that are able to read uh, torque, tension, bending, compression, pressure, temperature, all of that in, in real time, and then what it does is it then creates an, uh, an acoustic signal using uh, an electrical device. And the acoustics, essentially, it's a, it vibrates and makes noise. Right, right. And then what it does is that that vibration will make its way up the pipe. So we're vibrating the pipe, and there will be another, another tool that looks just like it a couple thousand feet above it. And then that tool will hear that sound. It, can, it has its own set of sensors, so we can add some more data to it. Or it can simply just take the data it heard and then make the noise again and go to the next, next tool up until we get back to surface. So... Um, the, the way to think about it is like when you're a kid and you had the the cups with the string in between oh, yeah, the, telephone. the telephone exactly yeah. when you, you could talk to one and right. it would it would convey the sound over through the string right. exact same concept so we're, we're using uh, the, the, the steel component itself vibrating it to be able to get data across the the, the system so the, the you know we Historically in the industry, we had something like this before. We've had uh, what's called mud pulse telemetry, so yes. we're using pressure to do the same thing. Uh, but where mud pulse is not useful for us in, in the liner world is that mud pulse requires you to block off the pipe. So right. mud pulse has a little plunger that allows you to, to function the mud pulse. But we need to be able to pump items through the pipe, and so the plunger would be in the way in those instances. Right. So uh, that ended up not being helpful for us. You know, it was always we needed the data, but we had no way of using it, and so that was we had to kind of figure out how to how to get that to work. And so Exact is that that piece. So Exact uh, is a company we acquired uh, back in 2018. They were a, a Canadian startup that that has been working on acoustic telemetry for for years and years and years. And uh, but they they got it down. It's 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 fascinating. It's 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 fantastic. So they they they've run you know over 200 runs with with their their equipment on various types of operations, from TCP to completion to drilling applications to fishing applications. So all sorts of, of interesting ways of using it. Um, but yeah, so those those acoustic tools will vibrate and get back to surface, and then at surface we can. We can see what's happening downhole because we can get that that vibratory signal at surface and, and then be able to translate that into data of what's happening downhole essentially in real time. Which is so it brings the information from the subsurface up to the surface and then do you make a decision or does it automatically trigger something else where something happens? Yeah, so you can use that to, to make decisions. Um, 
Well, we always say like what, what gets measured gets managed, uh, and right. in this case, we can we can now have information that we just never had before uh, in places that we never had it before. So uh, it's it now enables operators or, or anyone to to understand and and do things on the fly. You know, historically, when we've done this. All of our understanding of what the operation is going to do is based on some experience, right. uh, based on the, the the tool hand that's on site. Uh, liners have sort of been famous. They're they're kind of half science, half art. And, <laughs> and, 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 and A lot of things started out as art, yeah. and then we got more scientific about yeah. it, and yeah. the oil business is no different, and the components are no different. Yeah, and so, so, and so this has allowed us to, to now get that information that's downhole, and then see what's happening, and as things change, we can now actually do something about it. Uh, instead of just where historically we would have just done pre-job simulating, we would have done modeling, you know, anything we can do to predict what's going to happen before it happens, but now we're able to see it as it happens and be able to adjust accordingly and, and push the limits, um, you know, when it comes to ratings and uh, trying to put, you know, get things going as 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 far to the limit as possible. Uh, you know, the wells are not getting any easier. <laughs> right, all the easy oil has been found and now yeah. we're getting into tougher environments, shale development, yeah. you know. And, and that's really exciting because um, as a mechanical engineer, you worked with things in school. You worked at things that you could see, that you could actually measure hands-on and see the responses. As a petroleum engineer, we work with things that we cannot see, oh, yeah. and that's always been the challenge. I mean, how do you manipulate the subsurface in order to optimize recovery, the, in, the investments that you make, the, um, well, the recovery is really the bottom line. How do you make those decisions if you can't see what you're you're doing. I mean, it's not a tank down there, yeah. right? It's geology, it's rock. And so the issue has always been how do we get that information in a timely manner? So real time information, feedback from what you do so that you can make a, a better decision, you know, in the next moment if you need to or leave it alone, whatever it is. But now you're confirming some of that information in the subsurface. What kind of data do you collect? What, what, uh, you know, what are you telling, what is, what, is, what is the reservoir telling the people at the surface and what kinds of decisions do they need to make with this information? So the, the, the exact system, it's able to record, you know, a, a series of parameters, uh, like I mentioned before, there's, there's a, the key ones for us in the liner world are, are really tension, torque, compression, and Things pressure. about the pipe. Yeah, things about what the pipe is actually doing. Because then we have to, because we can, we can convert what is, what the pipe is doing to sort of understand what the reservoir is doing. Um, and, and where this is located, this is located up in the in the drill pipe area. So these tools are not open hole facing. So they're they're kind of they're during a liner run. They're they're kind of still up in the cased hole. So there's still a, a touch of interpretation there, but it's better than it's ever been before because up till now it was always just using the surface information. So right. Yeah. Okay. So that's I mean you want to know that you have a well that will last the lifetime of that you've constructed a well that lasts a lifetime of what the reservoir is able to deliver, and that's how you ensure that. I mean, the last thing you want is to have to go, on, go through all of this to drill a well in case it and put on production, have something go wrong, mm -hmm. and have to go back in there. I mean, this is ensuring um, s some efficiency and some longevity in the life cycle of that well, so that the life cycle is long for that particular well before you have to drill another one yeah. because that one's sort of done. So, yeah, so these are mechanical measurements as opposed to reservoir measurements. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Correct. Gotcha.
Wow. And I guess uh, another thing to, to touch on there uh, through the, the, the process of exact is, um, so it, we're, we're reading that information and that acoustic signal for that's, that's downhole, getting it back to surface. And where where this technology is a, a new game changer is for the first time, we're now able to create a surface signal and then send it down to tools. When they send the data, historically they've, they've up to this point only been data from downhole that, that comes back up to surface. And for the first time, now we're able to take uh, an acoustic signal generated at surface and send it down to a tool. and and get a tool to function based on hearing uh, the, the acoustic, the discrete acoustic signal and sound. Um, and that's that's huge for us. That's that's creating a new way for us to set equipment. I, I mentioned it before, we have the comparison between mechanical systems and hydraulic systems, and now we have this acoustic setting mechanism. Um, and, and a liner hanger is our first way of implementing it, but we see it as, a, as an enabling technology that allows us to start to acoustically function a bunch of stuff in the industry. Okay. And then and then Oh, not just not just a liner hanger system. So now wow. we, we, we think about think it. It's, about it's a total that. way to think change the, the way we approach all of our operations. Okay, so make sure I understand. So the sound doesn't actually create the action. It talks to a sensor. Correct. And then the sensor tells another piece of equipment or correct, correct. to yeah. do something. Yeah, so we have we have a mechanical component on the liner hanger system that yeah. that, that sets it, that does right. the, the physical setting of it. Right. Uh, but we have a sensor and a, a motor mechanism on it that keeps it all locked up tight. Uh. So what's nice is it, we can create a really robust system because we can lock it all up tight because it's locked up until it hears that specific acoustic command. Ah, and then, yeah, okay. so 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 it's 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 a it's a, a really nice elegant system, uh, but it allows us to now we we can set the hanger, we can release the running tool both with its it's with an independent command, and and we can do it kind of at any time. So because of this enabling technology, we've done a bunch of interesting stuff with it. So we now have a liner hanger system that's super robust. It has no seals on it. So it's it's just a basically a solid piece of pipe. So we have something that's very high pressure rated. It's rated for high temperatures. Uh, it'll last essentially forever in a well. We can also make it out of basically anything. So when we, we look at- What does at, that mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean- in our Recycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, th that's alluding to, um, you know, in our, in our industry, uh, oil and gas can be a troublesome beast. It, it, the, the fluid itself and, and the well environments can be very challenging. And sometimes that'll create the need for special materials right. that the, the pipe will be made out of. So. You know, we always think of like, oh, it's made of steel, uh, but there's a lot of different grades of steel and then a lot of different formulations that we can do. We, all, we also can make the pipe out of nickel, out of chrome, all these different things to handle caustic, really nasty well environments and then make it survive for essentially forever. We have enough information, I mean, alluding back to a lot of really smart people, a lot of really smart metallurgists have spent a lot of their life to perfect understanding what the corrosion of pipe looks like in a well, given a specific you know, pH level, an amount of hydrogen sulfide, an amount of CO2, a, you know, a specific, all of that yeah. factors into it. I think that people don't really realize that oil is not oil is not oil. Yeah. 
It is whatever is in the geologic setting that it finds itself. Yeah. You know, there's geochemistry going on over hundreds, thousands, millions of years. Whenever the fluids got there, right. started coming out and interfacing with the rock at the at the rock fluid interface, there's chemistry going yeah. on. Yeah. And we're just now really understanding a lot of that. But we've understood for a very long time that that fluid going through man-made materials, you know, like pipe, yep. has an impact on it and each well has a personality because of, in part, that chemistry and the other uh, physics that are going on, the temperatures, the, pressure, the pressures that are going on, and the metallurgy that's yep. involved. Yeah. And so it's another element of comp. See, if you're a metallurgist, you have a place <laughs> in the oil and gas sector. All right, so keep telling us your, 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 the, the fact that uh, yeah, yeah. Sonus is yes. making life easier yeah, for us exactly, exactly. on the rig. So, so because we have that acoustic conveyance, acoustic actuation mechanism. We, we also do other things operationally with it. So uh, to this day, when you run a liner hanger system, you sort of have to make a decision. Do you want to set the hanger before you pump your cement job? So that's kind of a, a conservative approach. So you, you, you can have the hanger system set. You can confirm that you're released from it before you go to pump cement. It's important to emphasize just how important of a, a step pumping cement is because once it's going down the pipe you are locking something in place forever. You are locking in place forever, <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, yeah, that you can lock it in place forever, which means you only get one chance yeah, you, to do it right. It's really, really important. <laughs> and, and in the applications we're talking about, we're talking about the production liner for a well. So this is the last pipe that you're putting into the well. Oh, this and is, how deep are the wells? We're talk, I mean, where we, we know how deep wells are, but tell us the range of you know uh, depth of well that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where this is so deep water wells, you're talking about TDs in the, the ballpark. Part, sorry, total depth. Total depth, thank you. <laughs> uh, as in how how long the hole is. That's the important one. Because it's the, the length of the hole uh, will be upwards of, um, you know, as deep as, let's say, like 32,000 feet. 32,000 feet of pipe yep. that's cemented in place forever. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. not too hard. It's not too bad. Yeah, easy, easy. <laughs> easy. And, uh, and yeah, so so you've had to make that decision. Do you want to set it before? Do you want to stay tied on to the system so that you can release after the cement job? Um, and if you stay attached to the system, then you can manipulate it while you're pumping the cement. Um, there's some benefits there where you can be rotating while you're cementing that can help swirl the uh, cement essentially to get it placed or circumferentially around the pipe in a, in a better manner. That's right. If you don't have a good seal, you can just have trouble. Yep. And there's very little, I mean, you only have this one chance to really get it right. Exactly. And you can't really see what you've got down there. You can only wait and see if it holds. Yep. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, so with this now, you can decide on the fly, hey, we want to set before, we want to set after, it doesn't matter because the, the hydraulic functioning no longer is, no longer affects the cement job. So now we have an acoustic func functioning mechanism that, that sets it all external of the entire cement job. So, so now you can decide, hey, we want to change how we want to do this. On the, we've seen, while we ran this pipe in the hole, we saw that it, it, the formation is acting differently than we expected. So right. now we can both see that the formation is acting with that downhole ex exact tools and see it with more accuracy than, than from surface. Um, now we can actually do something about that. We can take action based upon what we're seeing in the well. So now we can now get to where we need to get and go to pump cements, and then we can choose to set the system whenever we want. And the setting is, is, the, is honestly, that's, that's the, the cool part. Because up to this day, 
Whenever you go to set a hydraulic system, you got to drop something from surface. We use little spheres. They're usually made of bronze or brass or sometimes a phenolic like a plastic, balls. a little ball, and it'll fall down the pipe. It'll fall down miles and miles and miles of pipe down to a tool, and it'll land on a, we call it a ball seat. So. It's kind of like a, I think like a funnel. So it'll land on a funnel and block off the funnel. Right, and right. then as you, you pump, now you can build pressure against the, the ball sitting on the funnel and then function the hydraulic tool. But that time, there's time associated with that ball falling for those miles and miles of time to get to that, that, that ball seat. And sometimes there's debris in the way. There's, everyone who's worked in this has some, some story about <laughs> some time when the ball didn't make it or it took forever, something happened. And or didn't. it wasn't a clean seal exactly, when it landed, exactly. something, and, and little piece Something of... happened, uh, and so then there's, there's time associated with that. And now we can, from a laptop, punch in a command, it goes to a wireless network that goes to a tool that creates an acoustic signal and it goes down essentially at the speed of sound. And we take what has been, you know, has normally takes a couple of hours, we can do it in like four minutes. This is so exciting because <laughs> yeah. time is money when time you're drilling. Time is money, exactly. Wow, big it's, money. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's a that's that's a big change for us. Now we yeah. can we can cut out all that time and and, and start to really rethink uh, what we can start to integrate in with the system. Because where we think this is cool... What else you can do, what else we can do. using this exactly. acoustic capability. Correct. So so where we think this is really neat, while, while saving time from dropping the ball is, is, a, is an easy win, right? That's, you're, that's an easy saving, savings of a couple of hours. Where we think this is a big deal is now that we don't need the hydraulics in the way, we can start to combine operations that we couldn't ever combine before. We're, we're running a liner, and then sometimes we're installing a plug, and then displacing a fluid, and doing this, and then doing the next thing, running a screen. You know, there's a set of operations after that. And we think that because we've removed internal pathway that was used for hydraulics to function the tool, we can now combine a bunch of those runs. Now we're taking, you know, what was ball drop time savings of a couple of hours, we're now combining operations where we're potentially saving a couple of days. And in a deep water environment, in a, a big uh, drill, drill ship, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars of savings there. So it's it's a, it's a an exciting thing for us. Absolutely. Wow. What a great capability. Yeah. And do you think that there's um, extension of this uh, acoustic capability to production operations where... You've set some sensors in place. Do the sensors stay there forever? Do they, can they be like, here I am. I do this all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love this stuff. Like, can you like reprogram the sensors to give a different signal or to <laughs> tell you something in addition to what it already told you? I mean, they do the sensors just sort of stay there forever? And Yeah, so the, the, that's a little outside the scope of this 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 yeah. tool. So the tool itself it just has a uh, an accelerometer that just listens. Okay. So all it does is listens. It listens for that that signal, and ah, then when it okay. gets it, it functions. Okay. And then those exact tools that enable that, those are all they come back out of the hole. So ah, those are okay. all okay. yeah part of the the, the work string that helps deploy the liner, and then they'll they'll come back out. Okay. Uh, and the way a lot of people use those tools is they actually just make them part of their their general work string for every part of their operation. Oh. So they're they're now able to get get data in way that they, in ways they couldn't before. My my favorite anecdote from from exact and, and where I think it's it just shines as such a cool piece of technology is we had a well where um, we we had exact tools in the hole right so we had a whole string of exact tools um, and then we had to evacuate for a hurricane so a hurricane oh, was coming right. to the Gulf right. and we needed to get out of there so Real life. Yeah. 
And so when, whenever a hurricane comes in, you, you use what's called a, a storm packer. So you, you basically, the idea is that you need to evacuate quickly and pulling your five miles of drill pipe all the way out of the hole takes a long time. So what you can do instead is you can just pick up a, a couple of thousand of feet of drill pipe, make up this thing called a storm packer, and then run it back in the hole. And you essentially hang all of that pipe off the bottom of this storm packer, seal the well, and then evacuate the well for a week, and then come back. And then you can make back up to the storm packer. Yeah. Making back up that storm packer is kind of a tricky situation because you don't really know what's under it. The well's been... And making up means you're, you're screwing yeah, joints re, re, of pipe together. To it. Yeah, reattaching yeah. to it. So in this particular instance, we had an exact tool that was now made up underneath the storm packer. We evacuated for, for a storm. We came back. And while we ran back in to get the well back connected, um, you know, we had exact tools on the, the, the reconnect string to go back and connect to it. And what was happening is underneath that storm packer, that exact tool under there was reading the pressure in real time and transmitting it. And that acoustic signal was going up the string to the storm packer. And then the vibration signal was strong enough that it was vibrating the, the storm packer and then the, the casing that it was sitting in. And then when we ran back in, the exact tool then was sitting against the casing and then would, would, could read the vibration signal across the casing. So what we were able to do is we were coming back in and now we could see what the pressure below the storm packer was through the storm packer without being actually attached to it. Wow. So it's essentially seeing through walls using sound. That's right. And and knowing the pressure is a real important safety factor. Yeah, and in this case, the, the well had been a little bit, had, was evacuated. And so we were now able to be ready for being on losses pre get ready to understand how to address the, the, the potential you know, safety implications around being prepared for, for that, that well condition. And now we were ready to attach, attack it before we even got to it. Wow, this is so exciting. Kaya, we are at time. I, I just have a million more questions to ask you. This is, this is so great. Um, share with us one last thought you have so, before we close out. But I mean, this, is, this has been a great conversation. It has, yeah. Learning thanks so thanks, much. Lena. Absolutely. Yeah, so just to close out, you know, we're, we're, we're here at ATCE. We're, we're talking about this technology. We're, we're, we're presenting it. Uh, we've deployed it in a, in a real well. It's worked. Um, we, we think this is, this is really, really exciting stuff. We, we think this is a, a step change in, in the industry. We think this is a, a, a technology that's, that's going to continue to proliferate and, and we're going to continue to find more and more ways to, to, to make this um, change more ways we do other things as well. So it's, while this is our, our, our first foray into this, this will not be our last one. This, this is going to be a, a, a big, big, big deal for us. And, and this is uh, the result of a lot of hard work from a lot of really smart people uh, with a lot of interesting technical backgrounds. And, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of, of what the team has done. It's, it's, it's been awesome. Well, and we would expect nothing less from Baker Hughes. So <laughs> thank you so much. I think Kyle, Kyle O'Keefe, Baker Hughes's global product champion for liner hanger systems and Sonus. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Elena Melkert, your host for Oil & Gas Upstream. More next time. Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.